uh, they you know say we are not affiliated with any 12-step program this right. is just you know we're we're doing this on our own behalf there's no proceeds that we're not taking any money from this like okay. there's a little spiel um just so that everybody knows you know we're only sharing our experience strength and hope So my cat, I've got this uh, Samsung TV, and on Samsung TV, you get this free uh, over-the-internet channel called TV Plus, and they've got like all these different sub-channels, right? Yeah. And one of them is called Shout TV. And in the morning, all morning long, they'll play those 1960s kid shows like the marionettes, like the adventures, uh, mm-hmm. like the space adventure people or the underwater adventure people. Right. And uh, I turned it off when I got home because I left it on when I went out to Publix and immediately my cat started meowing. (laughs) And I'm like, I put it back on and he just like ran around and then he's doing his thing, but he's just all calm and not making any noise. And I'm like, this guy likes the stupid marionette shows, you know? See that? See that? (laughs) They say cats have a brain of a four-year-old. Is that correct? I don't know. I think that's way too old. Yes. (laughs) Okay. A four-year-old I mean, throwing I, a tantrum. That's you. It was. I was telling Abiel. It was really cute. Alice oh, showed I made me. Uh, this morning. Good job. Oh, you finally made it out of Wawa, having low carbs. Can, you can sit here. Low carbs. Oh, I got him plugged in over there. Okay. Yeah, he's getting set up here, Mitch. Okay. I have. I have you set up on. I. He wanted to sit in your seat, just Jeez, for the record. He forbade it. And I said, no, I've got him set up with the phone on that seat. God. We're not changing the way this is. I was looking forward to it. I was like, I get to sit <laughs> in this like, seat. He's like work, wiggling his butt in his car, just waiting to get over here, shoving the if Wawa you sit down. on that seat, Abiel, you're going to need to pee every 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Can you hear him okay? Hold on. Let me chew. Let me take my gum out. I even started chewing gum, thinking I was going <laughs> to sit in his seat so I can really well, fill his shoes. Carbs. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't chewing gum. But... Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so Mitch was asking if I've been to any meetings. I was just saying I went to the Cokesbury yesterday and spoke, which was awesome. Yeah, And uh, awesome. did a good job. Saves, I have no doubt. Saved some lives, you know. Nice. <laughs> I walk in and... You do. I, I do. Get... You, say, you, say that, you say that seriously, or do you say that... Oh, I'm just... Somewhat... I, I'm joking around, Mitch, you know. But you do. You do. I've been to. I know you're joking. No, it's okay. To, I'm not telling you not to joke around, but you right. do save lives. You don't know. The, you don't know. And I learned this. There's something I'm going to say that's going to change somebody's life in ways that they don't even know that I that that they've changed because of what I said. But it happens that way. Yeah, I've had people like I've gotten stuff from what people have said that has, have changed my life, and I've never seen them again or something like that. Yeah, and they don't know that they said it, and, and you're not even sure that you heard it from that person, but you know something's different now because of something you heard somewhere at some time. I, ta- um, I talked to my sister a little bit about that this morning. Like I said that, um, like we've been, me and, we've been doing these phone meetings that a couple guys put together, and um, my sister got on, and I called her afterwards, and I was like, it's so great to see you, and Abiel had mentioned that you know, it's it's great to finally see that I have a sister for real, <laughs> and it's not just all made up. And, I've heard about, uh, I only heard about her, you know, and I, 150 I, times in the last <laughs> five years, so it was great to see that she actually exists. 
I called I called her and I and I told the story about how when I was playing Call of Duty one night with Abiel, I had to reboot my system, so I logged off. And within that ten minute period, him and my brother had this whole conversation, where my brother says uh, basically alludes to you know I'm so grateful to have my brother back. I'm so grateful that he's in the program and and stuff that he would never tell me. He wouldn't he wouldn't say Alex, this is how I feel, you know. But it was yeah. it was great to to know that. But I would never know that unless. Unless Abiel told me, you know. Heard it from a third Isn't party. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Isn't that nice? Super nice. That's really, that's very special. It's really nice to see that you and your sister are talking as much as you are. I think that's great. Oh, yeah, she came clean. I know the whole story now, so I'm in the loop. Do so you really? Yep, we're back in. Ah. She doesn't know I knew, but I, I knew. <laughs> wow. Heinz 57. Isn't that, isn't that nice? It is. No comment. Well, it's more nice for her, like... One. I find it interesting because I, I see this with people that I, I know in the rooms as well. Silence usually means there's something going on, you know, right. and my brother was going through some stuff and he dropped off the face of the planet for like two weeks because he was on every night with me and Abiel playing Call of Duty and hanging out and doing all that. And then all of a sudden, like from one day to the next, just ghosted. You know, and then I found out a couple of weeks later he was going through some stuff. My sister did the same exact thing, and she's going through some stuff. So it's always interesting how silence precipitates, you know, well, basically yes. exemplifies there's stuff going on, you know? Yeah, for sure. Correct. Isolationism. That's a good topic to talk about today. I think so. Isolation is, isolationism. Rhymes with communism and <laughs> all the well, other isms. The iso isolationism—it's—it's it, it, like a democratic party. Okay, <laughs> that's why I like but, what you know, we're. It's an interesting thing that we consider ourselves isolated, yet we're on the phone with people all day long. We're interacting on social media. We're going to meetings online. Uh, you know, we're we're going out to publics. Uh, we're. I'm not sure that isolation in 2020 is the same that it was in 1920. No, and I agree with you. Like that's what I wanted to like. For me, I'm I'm self quarantining myself. I call it. I mm -hmm. I've made some changes. I, I just I got back from Publix. I went at eight o'clock in the morning. Yep. And tried to smart. get in and Very out smart. before everybody else shows up. And yep. I take what I need. I don't take what I think I need. I just if you take, take Mitch, you get in at seven. Yeah, I know. So you know I he's the, he's the hookup. Um, and then. I haven't been going physically to uh, the 441. I haven't been going to the room just because of everything that's going on because I'm self-quarantining. So I've been attending these phone meetings. And I can truly say I don't feel isolated. I feel plugged in, just as much plugged in when I'm on the phone meeting with right. everybody I know as I do. And it's truly with my home group, I would say, is, is who the meeting's with. And I don't feel isolated. It's completely that's, different. That was my point. Yeah. That we're not. We're, we, you know, it's an interesting use of a word that doesn't really apply, yet it implies feelings that I don't have. Did that make any sense? It yep. does. There's times that I isolate, and I know when I'm isolating because the, the blackout curtains are closed. I'm not answering my phone. I'm not going to meetings. I'm not working yeah. my program. I'm completely taking myself well back, and that's when I consider myself isolating. Physically, well, I agree. physically not going out as often and being all, I don't consider that isolating for me because I'm using the tools in front of me like you're sharing, you know? Well, that's, that's my point, that, that isolating implies withdrawal, and we're not withdrawing. If anything, we're even more proactive 
under these circumstances than we are normally. We're yeah. reaching out more to people via telephone. We're reaching out more via text. We're reaching out more via social media. We're re- I mean, we're reaching out. We're reaching in. We're, we're contacting. We're checking in. We're checking out. Uh, it's... I don't know. I mean, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting way that we perceive the word isolating. Yeah, and I think there's you know there's a term that's being used: the social isolation, right? That dis- social distancing, social distancing, or social isolation of just distance, keeping away, not going to large gatherings, not you know groups of people greater than ten not getting together. Um, but I agree. I agree with you. I think okay. when when we were out there, at least when I was out there, I was emotionally and spiritually isolated. Completely. With you know vodka and marijuana and all the things that I I did, and it's it's amazing that today, through a global pandemic, you know, although I'm phys- socially distancing myself and physically isolating myself and self quarantining, that I'm more connected today than I ever have been. I mean, I've gone to you know I've, I've attended seven meetings in three days i mean that's mm-hmm. unheard of for me you know so know. it's great you know i'm double dipping i'm trying to promote the more people i've even offered a good friend of mine from chicago i call her my sister the sister-in-law I never had um i've shared the number with her i'm like if you want to organize meetings i'll help you host them so it's great and and i'll there are others that share the opinions of you know i was talking to somebody this morning i won't mention his name but he's like yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like attending non, you know, AA sanctioned uh, meetings. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, the 24 hours a day book is uh is non AA, you know, sanctioned. I'm like, all right, man, just <laughs> whatever makes you feel better. And then at the end of the conversation, he's like, but I'm glad you brought it up because I do have the book and now I'm reading it and it's uh, <laughs> I'm getting a lot out of it. So I was like, all right, you th- definitely are bipolar. So now I know the, the the symptoms, but it's it's great that you know we we. During every one of these meetings, there's always one person that just makes it all worthwhile, and they just say thank you for putting this together, Alex. And I always point Alex and give Abiel. him all, give him, all the, give him all the credit. And give Abby all the credit. He, he's hosting it. Okay, but we see what you're sharing. What you're both sharing is is what I I frequently talk about, which is the use of language. We're using terms that imply fear, social distancing. We're just setting different boundaries. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I have to be real careful that I don't feed emotions to the language we use because it's fearful language that I can't get too close. I can't do this. I can't do that. When in fact, it's just it's self-care no differently than it is if there was no coronavirus. Yeah, you know, it's it's I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I often don't. OK. Um, I get what you mean, Mitch, because uh, it's not, I don't like self quarantining, social distancing. Uh, that can all be changed with a simple. I'm I'm more consciously aware of my surroundings. I'm all. socially more conscious, and that's, because that's I'm socially conscious, I I'm deciding to, you know, try to stay plugged in myself and attend these phone meetings. And at the end of the day, it's like what. It's funny because. I, I don't know. I just that's how I'm looking at it, is I'm just more socially conscious. That's why I'm not buying like 62 cans of peas, you know? Yes. 400 rolls of toilet paper. I just don't need all that. I'm also not 
letting I'm not surrounding myself because uh, with with news and all the other stuff. I can I can call Abiel and get everything I need in three minutes. That's just how it works, you know. He's he's on point for anybody that has his number. Call him. He's on point with this Corona virus. Yeah, I was thinking about starting a hotline. But what, what I even I'm, started a tracker, man. <laughs> yeah, you did. He's tra- oh, right now, John Hopkins, <laughs> and I know how every every couple hours the increase and how many Florida cases. But I, I stopped doing it as frequent. Have you equipped your car with all the right antennas so you can drive around <laughs> the streets yeah. and pick up the signal of the coronavirus wherever it might be? By a hearse and make okay, it look like, like Ghostbusters? Do yeah. Tornadoes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a corona chaser. But Abiel touched on something really true because when I was drinking, I was completely alone. I was socially, even though I would be sitting in a bar filled with a bunch of people, I didn't know them. I didn't care about them. They didn't care about me. I was there with my drink. That was it. Everything. Whenever I would walk around the house, if I had a drink in my hand, it was always in my hand. I. If I put it down, I knew exactly where it was, and if I didn't, I, I would go look for it. That was that was my contact with the human race was just drinking, you know, That's correct. completely alone. And and in this time period where the you know the world is the world and everyone's freaking out, I'm I'm feeling more in tune and more in contact with everyone or people around me than I felt in a long time. Well, that's why I, I really do appreciate when you said that you're more mindful and more aware. Okay, then you are socially distant because if anything, we're not socially distant. We're socially connected now in ways that we normally might not be. Uh, we're paying much more attention. We're asking more questions. We're we're sharing more information. I, this is I mean, normally you see people walk into a meeting, they say nothing, they just sit down, and then they leave. Now you know people come on these these calls and and they they can't wait to say something. They can't wait to hear something. It's I don't know. Um, you, you know, I'm you're right. Aware, I'm very aware how language can take me down sooner than it can elevate me. Absolutely. There was a gentleman that shared, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and I didn't recognize the name. And <laughs> Alex is like, he's the guy that usually sits in the back and says nothing. And and he shared. And, and you're right. It's, it's <laughs> amazing because they, they can just call in and speak and share what's on their mind and not feel compelled to raise their hand and everyone's That's looking correct. at them while they're sharing. What this makes is a great me- form of anonymity. Exactly. It may, and, and there's something that happens inside of me when I hear somebody's voice that I recognize and they're on. It's just, I don't, I just don't feel by myself. I don't, I emotionally, I feel like, okay, you know, I just feel tighter and more, more together with people that, that I really respect and I, and I truly love. And, and it's just awesome. I just love it. Who are those people, Alex? List them. Um, all right. Adam. Andrea. Hey, Andrea. Mm-hmm. We got two A's. Go, go through the alphabet. Two A's. <laughs> who's Adam a B? Who's Andrea. a B? Who's a B? <laughs> uh, Brian. <laughs> I'm trying to get Brian on. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I hear these people's no, I voices. Get it. I'm, only, I'm busting your chops. No, I know. I, I thank you. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I started. <laughs> he starts them listing him. Uh, uh, Chris. Uh, D. Like, David. <laughs> covering the mic. Uh, he's my grand sponsor. What should I say, Ariel? Um, and I want to share a different perspective. <clears throat> for me, the the phone meetings don't do it for me. This does it for me. Conversations with you individually do it for me. But meetings for me are always about being in the room and seeing your face and feeling your presence. 
Yep. I get bored. I mean, my attention deficit goes nuts when I'm on the phone on a phone meeting. I lose I lose my attention. I mean, it's almost like I want to go and play solitaire while I'm on a phone meeting the same way I do when I'm sitting in the room. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the difference? You do that when you're okay, in a room with 20 alcoholics. Is, the, the, difference, the difference for me is the social contact. Yeah. The difference for me is the physical presence. Well, this... I, saw today, I saw today that Art was going to be chairing the noon meeting at the 441, and one part of me said he's nuts because he's 76 or 77, and the other part of me said, God bless him. Okay, uh, that his faith is strong enough to believe that he can go chair that meeting, be around people, and not get sick. Yeah, good for him. Okay, I envy that in some way uh, because for me, the meeting room for me is very powerful. Yeah, and hearing and seeing people as they're sharing, seeing the look on their face—it's almost like me seeing clients now that I don't see but I speak to on the phone. And I get bored with the session very quickly because I can't see their face. Yeah. Because seeing their face tells me how they're really feeling. It's not the words that tell me anything. It's seeing their body language, how they sit, how they how they lean over, how they blink their eyes, how they smile or frown. or, And that's what I get out of meetings. When I listen to you share, I watch you and I feel I feel the words. I don't just hear the words. So for me, you know, phone meetings, it's nice. I get on. I, either I share or I listen for a few minutes and I get off. And if I need to get back on, I'll reconnect. Uh, or I'll put it on mute and then come back in a few minutes. Um, yeah, the, so nice, I, I, the nice thing about the we started the service we use, you do have a video option. I know it's not the same as a physical, but like this morning we had 13 or 14 participants and seven, eight of us. <laughs> Had the video on, and it's you know it's yeah. Is it? Are they in person? Can I you know? Well, that's better. I but agree. It, but how, it's, how do you do that? It's uh, so if you go to zoom.com or you can right. download the app on your phone. There's okay. an app that you can download. It's you know zoom.com or the app Zoom, and then you just enter the meeting ID and you can use it through your phone or you can use it through the computer. So this morning, it was funny because there was eight about seven, and then I, you know, encouraged Alex to jump on. And he's like, no, because then, then people are going to see me when I roll my eyes on other people's share. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the whole purpose. So he jumped on, and there was eight out of the 14 that were participating. And, you know, one of the members, and I'll say his name, Dan, he started the meeting on the inside. And then all of a sudden his camera goes off, and a minute later he's in his car. I was like, all right, you don't want to sh- wake up your family. And then others, I think Adam, it was he was sitting outside, and it was kind of dark, and then, the, 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 you know, it started getting lighter. So it was cool. It was cool to... Um, no, that is cool. I'll download the app. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And you get to see people and their smiles. And then Zach had his baby. And then Danny had the bird, which mm-hmm. we were happy to see. You know, here is still alive. <laughs> and everybody was, uh, you know, just again, it's it's one of those things that you're absolutely right. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm watching someone or looking someone or at least I'm socially aware and conscious that let, let me just, you know, when somebody's listening, let me not look away. I do sneak away to get coffee though, so whenever you see my video go off, it's me running to get coffee. What's so I'm looking at the apps, Abiel. Is it Zoom Cloud Meeting or is it Zoom app? Zoom Cloud Meeting. Okay, I'm getting it right now. Yeah, we'll plug it for anyone who listens to this later on. So yeah, we'll give you the code at the end of the podcast. Okay. 
But what's nice is, again, with the the day and age that we live in, you know, I can only imagine what it was like in the early days when you had the book and you had one meeting a month or, you know, you had to write letters back and forth, you know. Um, Well, I want to share with you, interestingly enough that you say that, a guy named Tom Driscoll, who I often talk about, was, was, got sober in 1937. And he got sober in New York. And, and the concept of when they say, you know, come early and stay late, that concept derived from the fact that there was only one meeting a week in all the five boroughs of New York. Oh, wow. Okay. And if you didn't get to that meeting, you didn't get to a meeting for the next week. Okay. And he said that's where the people realized that they got there early so they could chat and they stayed late or went out for coffee because they knew they weren't going to see the person for at least one week. And, and that's where the whole concept of come early, stay late came from. And I mean, I met him when he was well into his almost 90 years old and, and 50 years sober. Um, but, but sitting at his feet and listening to those stories about where the traditions come from and where ideas come from was fascinating. Um, because he said, even though there were telephones in 1937, not everybody could afford to have one. Right. Good point. So the fact that you had one didn't mean I had one and didn't mean we could communicate. So the only way I had of talking to another alcoholic was to show up at a meeting unless somebody lived next door to me and I could talk to them or they lived. I worked with one or something to that effect. I had to get to that meeting if I wanted to be around other alcoholics in recovery. It's fascinating. That is. Yeah, and, it, and you hear those stories of how people would, oh, you you know, I had a pocket full of dimes, so and I'd find yeah. a phone booth. Or dimes, what? Phone, phone booth? You, you tell that to I mean, a 20 year old day. I remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. A phone call with pay phone was 10 cents. Yeah. Okay, a movie was a nickel. A hot dog was a nickel. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. You're aged. You're not old. Oh, thank you so much. It sounds almost worse. It does it. I thought about like wine, like an aged wine. Not that's old wine. Aged cheese. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it it goes to show you because yesterday, um, Ellen from Chicago tried. I gave her the the number off by like a digit, (laughs) so she so she texts so she texts me. And she's like, that's the wrong number. It's some college sports hotline or something. <laughs> and then I gave her the right number, and then she, she shares at the meeting, and then she's like, and F you, Abio, for giving me the wrong number. I'm like, I just wanted – that was a test to see how badly you really wanted it. <laughs> so, How's she doing? She's doing – you know, she, she quit her job. It was very stressful for her. So she's uh, she was a social worker in right. the Illinois-Chicago equivalent of, like, DCF. Wow. And, wow. you know, she's got a, a doctorate in clinical or social work. And mm-hmm. the work she does is just phenomenal, right? And some of the cases she has, and it just became overbearing because instead of having a normal, you know, 20, 30 ca- patient caseloads, it's triple the amount. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so she quit that job, and now she's uh, – and then she's selling her house. So she's going through, you know, some some changes. and uh, But overall, you know, she seems to be doing okay. It's going are on people, six, 16 years and I of sobriety. Are, I have friends that are realtors that say there's absolutely zero activity. Yeah. Oh, right now, I'm sure. Okay, nobody's coming out to look at homes. No, I mean, it just... 
So it's a nice concept to say that she's selling her house, but I would be amazed if 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 she's successful doing that for the short term. Yeah. Um. You know, we talked last week about the economic reality, and the economic reality is unfolding to be beyond whatever we anticipated it could be. Um, I don't say that to invoke fear in anybody, but there is a reality to the slowing down of products and services, goods and services. Um, The more they put limits on where you can go and what you can do. I mean, I know Bageland has curbside service and they're doing Grubhub. But, we, I mean, outside of us being in there, the other day I went to pick up food, the place was empty. It was like a wasteland. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it's, so unless you're in a business that, that you can do from home, which is a good thing, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Because I don't know anybody that's living with five years worth of income in the bank. And that's real, and nobody likes to talk about that because it's it's upsetting. But it's an important thing to deal with the fact that we're all going to be dealing with financial stress in ways that we don't know today. Because despite the president telling us that we're coming up on a solution imminently, we have Dr. Fauci saying we're not. And I would rely on Dr. Fauci now more than I would rely on an elected official. Whether it's Trump, Obama, doesn't concern me. Okay, they're going to say whatever they need to say politically. Uh, but Fauci, Sanjay Gupta, these guys know what's going on. Can we get Fauci uh, a, a platform? He he is looks so damn I, short when he speaks. I know, but I love the get, guy. Get, get him like a he, stepping stool or something. I see her hands. I <laughs> but I, I love the guy. Yeah, I no, love he the is. Guy. He shares in such a way, it's so real, it's so it's so easy to comprehend what he says. He doesn't speak medicine, he speaks English, Yeah. okay? And he does it in a way, you know, this raspy voice. I almost think his, his last name should be uh, Capone. Um, <laughs> I mean, I really get a kick out of him when he shares, when he talks. And when he and Gupta go together, that's even better because they both, they're plugged in. Uh, I like when he speaks right after the president. It's like I know. it's like flipping he, channels. He it's like you were just watching. Yeah, it's that's a completely right. different message. Like what? That's it's almost like listen, scrap whatever he said. Let me tell you what's that's, going on. Everything starts correct. with everything starts with him coming to the podium and being like, "Yeah, okay." Uh, <laughs> now let me now let me tell you, okay? No, but I, I share that because it's it's important for anybody listening today or who listens to this subsequent to today. That wherever possible, I mean, save your pennies. It's and, and I'm not an alarmist in that sense, but but I know, like Alex, you talked about it before. When you go shopping, instead of going in and buying things, you buy what you need. And you don't spend money on what you don't need. I mean, I haven't gone on Amazon in a week. I haven't ordered anything. I've canceled subscription orders that I get of products that come to the door on a regular basis. It's not because I can't afford them. It's because I don't know how long we're going to be in this and how much it's going to cost us without revenue to, to sustain the lifestyle we have. You know, I, I don't have that answer. And I have to be responsible today because I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I have faith in tomorrow, but I, it's you know I don't have blind faith in tomorrow. 
I mean, part of me is, is responsible for whatever's going to come down the road. I, I don't want to look back and say, you know, how come I bought the treadmill? You know, it was $2,000 I didn't need to spend. So, you know, I make my own treadmill. It's called the stairs going up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I share that not as an alarmist, but as a realist. Uh, you know, put takes money to, to, to put gas in the car to pay the insurance to make the car payment. I've thought about buying out the lease on my Volvo and getting a, a small Civic or something to make to lower my payments. Um, but then I then I then I got in touch with the reality and got in touch with honesty and said, "There's no way I'm ever going to do that," because um, Abiel knows that I, I would not drive a Civic today. Um, isn't that true, Abio? <laughs> I think it's also you know. Now you're an Accord kind of guy. Accord touring, uh, six cylinder turbo. Yeah, see, there you go. I think. But what? Go ahead. The way I'm, the way I'm kind of looking at it is also, like, whatever is happening right now, it is finite. There will be an end. It, mm-hmm. it, and and if people are more, like, if I'm, if I take personal accountability and keep my side of the street clean. And if I'm able to kind of put my ducks in a row, and like I said earlier, I'm more socially conscious, so I'm doing things to protect myself, but also to protect others by not adding to the risk. And, you know, I'm heeding as many uh, of the warnings as possible. And I'm just changing uh, changing a few things in my day to make sure that, you know, I can get through this. I think, you know, it's it's not going to last as long as everybody imagines it's going to last. I mean, right now we're in the beginning of the panic. It last week, this entire week was the panic buying week. You know, there's going to come a point where this is the new normal and the panic buying is going to slow down. The social consciousness is going to go up. The online attendance said, I mean, thank God we, we don't manufacture anything anymore in this country and we're all service oriented because as long as the internet stays up, there's a good, portion of the population that can work from home you know and and yeah it's going to struggle and it's going to suck and it's going to be shitty at times but i truly believe that we're going to get through this just like we get through everything else and i agree with you mitch now is not the time to go out and buy the car I was talking to Abiel today i was like oh i'm (laughs) gonna go buy the new lexus he he did he bought the lexus yeah um (laughs) But I, you know, it is what it is. You know, I got to call. You know, take some. I heard somebody say this morning. You know, they called their mortgage company. They called their credit cards, and they got a month deferment. You know, mm-hmm. on on their payments, yeah. and and I'm and you know what? That sounds. It sucks. It sounds like work to me. You know, because I'm gonna have to get on the phone, be on hold, do all that shit. But you know what? I'm I'm gonna do that this morning. I'm gonna get that done, so I can have that checked off the list. Not because I think I'm going to need it long term, but just, you know, it gives me Take that extra advantage. buffer Take advantage where of. I can protect myself so yeah. that, God forbid, if I, you know, if it does go on longer than expected, I'm not sitting here like, you know, struggling and, you know, be there for, you know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, like I asked you in the in the beginning when we were just talking, I'm like, do you need anything at the supermarket? Be there for other people that can't or may not be able to go out and get it. This is the time to, you know, stop again kind of changed some of my thinking this is the time for me to stop being so selfish and to be a little bit more selfless you yeah know what I mean? and, and absolutely to, and to add to that can you imagine the insanity of our lives right now 
if we were in active addiction. Oh my god, <laughs> it would be so. It, it, Just dude, add that to everything else. Right? I did my first work at home shift yesterday. First full day work at home shift. Yep. I would have been fired because by two in the <laughs> afternoon, my voice would have started slurring. You know what I mean? Like it would have been bad. I would have told a few customers what I really thought about it. You know? And, yeah. But, and it's just oh my god, I couldn't even imagine it. A friend of mine is um, his wife's a, a teacher, and he's got two kids in school, and he posts on Facebook, "Homeschooling is not going well." <laughs> two kids got got expelled for um, for fighting, and a teacher was fired for drinking on the job. <laughs> <laughs> Alice was telling me, apropos of that, Alice was telling me that somebody in one of her Facebook groups decided to change the word of child to co-worker. (laughs) And and they started sharing throughout the day that their co-worker pooped their pants. Their co-worker pooped on the floor and spread it all over the couch. That's so funny. It was so funny to listen to these anecdotes about children becoming co-workers and the disruption of the co-worker. It was just apropos of what you were saying. It's the same thing. Um, but now here's an example. I was in Publix yesterday right next to Bagelland in Lakeview, and Ron's Ron's daughter was there, and she works there. Ron D., okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. And she works there, and she's checking out, and she's like 36 inches from she's. I mean, she's right there in your face, and she's not wearing gloves. And I'm saying to myself, how is she not wearing gloves? And, I, I, and I'm just talking out loud. How is Ron letting her go to work? And, and I'm not blaming him. Okay. But, I mean, the kid's 17 years old. And I'm just under, I'm, I'm making an effort to comprehend how Publix does not have her wearing a mask and wearing gloves. Uh, she showed me she had hand sanitizer. Well, wonderful. You know, it's, it's not. Mitch, I mean, I just. What? My sister's daughter is 16 years old and she was yesterday was running 103 fever and my oh, sister wow. brings her to the doctor to have her tested and the doctor says she's not exhibiting the symptoms. Wow. Just cuz she had a fever, she's not coughing or anything else. So they're not well, going to give God. They're not going to give her a test, but at the end of the day it's like give her the test. I, I understand. You know? I understand. I, I really do. So it just boggles my mind and I see people wearing the gloves, and then I see them touching the touching everything, and then touching their face anyway. And I'm like, "You're losing the purpose of the gloves." <laughs> see, I did that yesterday. I wore, I have these swimming gloves that I wear, which create resistance. So I put them on, thinking that they were actually going to make a difference. You know, my mind plays games, and I and I can and I started to laugh at myself. I said, "These gloves aren't going to do shit." Okay. And, okay. And, I mean, they, they're called but, dishwashing but gloves. Mitch, don't make them sound fancy. Everybody looked at them. They said, "Yeah, boy, those are cool gloves. Where'd you get those?" I said, "I got them from an athletic supply store." And they said, "Why?" I said, "Because they're my swimming gloves. They're not going to do a damn thing for the coronavirus, but they look good." And they <laughs> said, okay. "They give me P O M peace that's of correct. mind." You know? That's but that's but that's so true, Alex. And this is a time when whenever I can do. To reduce my stress, and whether it makes sense or not, and when you know when you talk about what it would be like if we were still using, I'd be out there dancing in the streets. I'd be partying hardy. I'd have friends over. I'd be doing drug deals. I would not be afraid of anything. I would be defying the odds. I would be convinced that none of this could happen to me. 
I mean, it was, I mean, when I stop and think of my drinking and drugging days and the things I did, there was no awareness that I could in some way get hurt by what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, if we were having the virus now, I'd be sort of out there, you know, like, like, it, like somebody screaming at the sky, you know, going, fuck you, virus, get out of my way. I'm not going to get it. And then purposely I'm not gonna like, get it. What, what's the big deal? You know, come on, people get back to work. Will you please, you know, come on. I could see myself that, at Publix. Like That's getting correct. getting close to people and talking in their face just to be That's just correct. to be quote unquote funny. Something? Were yeah. you afraid to get sick? I mean, I would have been an a hole of the max. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what's the matter, cows? Can't you make milk? Come on, get the dairy products in the store. Uh, I mean, it just. Thank God I'm not there anymore. But but I think of what I would be like, and I would be as outrageous as I was when I was using. Yeah, I wouldn't any be any less outrageous. I'd be I'd be crazed. The only th- the, uh, I'd be worse because I'd have an excuse. You know, you like go. this would be a perfect opportunity. Oh, yeah. Like if I there was drinking, go. this is exactly why I would be drinking. Got to make sure if I get the virus, I got to kill it with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no one. I'm in my uh, yeah. And then uh, two months later, I'm like, I'll be oh, can I live with you? Because I have no house anymore. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's the justification and the insanity of of. What, I used to do is insane. It really is. I mean, we were nuts. I mean, we, we looked the worse, the worse, the risk, the greater our arrogance and, 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 and grandiosity was. I'd have more uh, bottles of vodka stored in the garage than I would bottled water. Oh, yeah. Even with kids. Come I'm on. Like, don't worry. Can, you just drink from the faucet. Honey, we can use it to kill the virus. We'll just put it on our hands. That's why I bought so much of it. Well, that was fascinating. When you talk about bottled water yesterday, I don't know if you heard Fauci. Okay, the question, he and Sanjay Gupta were, were teamed up, and they were taking questions from people around, you know, calling in. And one of the questions was that the person had heard that they had to buy bottled water, that bottled water was safer. And Fauci said, that's just to make more profits. He said, my wife, my kids, we're all drinking tap water. We're fine. Drink tap water. You don't have to buy bottled water. Your tap water is perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. And I'm saying to myself, that's not what the, you know, the, 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 the manufacturers of bottled water want you to take bottled water off the shelf because all they're doing is making money. But I did want to say, I don't know if any of you saw this story. This was phenomenal. There's a company in Pennsylvania that makes alcohol, makes scotch, bourbon, rye. They have suspended all of their alcohol manufacturing capacity, and all they're producing now is pure alcohol and sanitizer nice. and they're making thousands of bottles a day and they're, they're giving it away for free they're not selling it i, I okay. tell you i that's think what this i'm is... saying is the social consciousness know, that people are going to be doing it. it was such a great story to watch because the owner of the company said we have a social responsibility he said people don't need bourbon scotch and rye right now they need hand sanitizer they need jameson hand lotion that Jameson, here you go. Okay. <laughs> but I thought it was so great that they're not charging because they said, you know, somebody said the best, price, best, the best part of what they're doing is that they're giving away these thousands and thousands of bottles a day for free. And they're distributing them to hospitals. They're distributing them to clinics. They're distributing them to supermarkets around the country. I love the humor, man. I love the fact that we're laughing and we're joking around. And yeah, I needed this for sure. You know, I have to. You know, I have to. I can't. I, I listen to. to people. 
I, there's there's people that I hear every single day that are just and and I I love them. I love the I keep remembering what you said, Mitch and and Abiel to me before, where it's like they are entitled to feel the way they feel, and I'm not discrediting that in any way, shape, or form, and I'm not judging or anything. But it's just I'm so grateful that I'm not panicking and so filled with anxiety, and and I think that's a direct ref reflection of just my lifestyle and and the job that I have and things. And thank God, I'm very grateful that I have the opportunity to work at home. And my heart goes out to anybody that's struggling. And, and if I can be there to help, I'll be there to help. But I'm just so grateful that I'm not like, every time I talk to somebody, I'm just not like, this is bad. This is terrible. This is the end of the world. This is, this is going to, you know, this is going to destroy everything. I just, I'm grateful that I'm looking at it as half glass full. I, I'm just eternally optimistic, you know? And maybe I'm an idiot for being that way, but I no, love the fact I, that I am that way. I you know? think it's it's part of the spiritual and, and emotional growth, you know, that that I'm going through because I don't take those things to to heart like I used to and let it just drive me crazy. I have a good friend. Well, of, I, know, a, I go ahead. Go ahead. I have a good friend of mine in in, uh, in another part of the state that's been in the program, knows the program, um, not currently involved in the program. Um, and you know, the other day he got into such a bad argument, fifth day of his wife working at home and just going, and I said it too. I'm like, dude, you know, Aunt, when she's working from home, you're, you're going to have to go figure something out or go somewhere. And on the fourth day of her being home, they get into such a big fight. He breaks his hand. He slams his hand against the counter. He shatters his, his hand. And now oh, he's in the, oh. he's on in ER in the heart of the COVID pandemic, and he's a doomsday prepper. He, he's told me from a month ago what's going to be coming and do I have hazmat suits and masks. And thank God for him that I actually went out and bought a lot of things, you know, listening. So I'm like to see him in the middle of an ER room and he's being screened by a doctor through the phone before he actually comes in to see him because it's part of the new precautions. Mm -hmm. um, and now with a cast on his hand and you know, and he calls me and he shares and, and I really feel bad because I wish, you know, it, I see myself in that situation where if I didn't have a program, if I didn't, if I wasn't plugged in, if I wasn't, you know, talking to my sponsor, talking to people that I love in this program, I'd be in the same situation that this rage right. and insanity and stress right now, I'd have no other vehicle. And if I'm not, and he's, you know, bare knuckling it, he's not drinking over it, but if you have no other form to release that you're gonna go out and punch a wall and shatter your hand and it, and it That's sucks correct. because it's uh there's hundreds of thousands millions of people right now that are in their house have been in their house for days and weeks yeah. and don't have any form of release it's true and when you said you know we take it to heart today but our response to that is different than it was when we drank i take everything that's going on incredibly seriously yeah. It's just that my response to it is different because I'm not the same man today I was 32 years ago when I was drinking and drugging. Yeah. So I take it to heart, but I respond differently. Um, and I agree with you, Alex. I, I choose to laugh, but I have to be real careful that I not judge anybody mm -hmm. who's sobbing and weeping and in a state of panic. Because that's as a real response as my laughter is. Mm -hmm. Um what I also have done is I look at people who politicize this and I on Facebook and I just delete them. Yeah. Uh, 
This is not a time to be pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Obama, anti-Obama. This is not a time to be for Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. I mean, anybody that gets on there and says, you know, well, people are saying, I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear it under the best circumstances. I don't certainly don't want to hear it now. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm deleting people that I really like. I just don't want to read their garbage when they're being political about something that's not political. Yep. But what's great is you're taking the action rather than trying to convince somebody else to do it the way you want. You know what I mean? Oh, I learned that a long time yeah. ago. I mean, we're, we're, you know, I always say this to people, and, and, and it's been a benchmark of my recovery. What was the first thing they taught me was, what am I powerless over? People, places, and things. Mm-hmm. And that was the number one lesson. It wasn't that I was powerless over alcohol. I was powerless over people, places, and things. So when, when somebody does that, I just either unfollow them or I delete them or I block them. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not using my, I'm not letting my space be used for negative, negative expressions of hatred and intolerance. I just won't do it. Is it and diff- I, don't post, I don't post political stuff myself. Was it difficult in the beginning to not be bothered by, like, to, to have that guard up? Do you guys... It was impossible. Remember? I was arguing with people online. Okay, I mean, I would have this thread of 97 responses. Well, you don't understand, and you should, and therefore, and so on. And then one day I said, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? I mean, this is making it, they're, they're, they're goading me. It's not even that they're believing in what they're saying. They just know that they've got me roped in and they're going to say whatever they can to keep me roped in. And that's when I said, if it is to be, it is up to me. If I want to feel better, I have to change my behavior. I'm not going to change their thinking. Mm-hmm. And I just started, just started not responding and just started saying, you know, I respect your right to think that, but goodbye and good luck. You know, I will not allow you to use my space to express that kind of garbage. And and that's what I've done. And I go through periods of time in social media where I spend the day deleting people. I just spend the day going through all my friends. I've got, you know, thousands of people. Is that because Facebook gives you a limit of 5,000 friends, Mitch, and you have to bring it under? Well, I don't know why Facebook (laughs) does that, but that's what they do. So I have 5,000 friends, and then I'll go through it on a given day. I'll delete 1,000. And because they're either people who I never, ever see, have no idea how they became, don't even know that, I I don't even remember becoming their friend. Um, So I just get rid of them and then I make room for new people. And then I go through that periodically. But Alex, it was, it was a struggle to realize that what I thought was what I thought. And that's the only person who had to think that way was me, not anybody else. I need to write that down on my desk and my workstation at home because I... I need to just, uh, it's not my job to convince anybody of, to change their opinion. It's not my job to train them to think differently. And I need, like, I need to find tools that will help me um, not allow them to rent space in my head, i.e., I need to find ways to not continu- continuously think about a negative conversation or a negative situation. And, you know, I, it takes time, but... You know, I think I'm doing okay with it, but there's times at work where it's like I'll get that difficult call, or there's times in my personal life where I'll get that difficult situation, and I'm, and I will spend a few hours just kind of chewing on it. You know, I need to learn well, to let it go faster, or I need to well, just I, accept the way that I am, and it'll happen eventually. <laughs> one of the things that that worked for me was I learned in those conversations first to be silent, 
and let there be a, a moment of pause where I didn't say anything and let the person continue if they had something else to say. The other was to ask a question rather than make a statement and say, what would you like me to do, sir? Mm-hmm. And they would tell me what they would like me to do. And I'd say, I can't do that. I don't have the capacity to do that. If that's what you'd like, I can put you on hold and I can give you a supervisor, but I cannot do that. I don't have the power to do that. I wish I did. It's a reasonable request, but I cannot do that. Yeah, isn't that amazing that when you say that, that brings to mind of how tolerant we are with others, but then with ourselves, we, we oh, are. Oh, much more, yeah. Jesus, or like with our family. You know what I mean? It's like on the outside here, and, and I say that because my wife and my daughter were just, they were having an argument. And um, my daughter is, you know, 16, and she was overly critical on my wife's cooking. And and I threw out the comment. I'm like, I bet you when you're at your boyfriend's house, you'll eat whatever that mom puts on the table, right? Because <laughs> you're <laughs> you're a guest and we've, we're more tolerant. And I'm like, I'm the same way. When I'm outside of the house, you try to portray to be this <clears throat> humble, nice. and But when I'm home, you know, sometimes the things that irritate me, I have to check myself. And I have to stay quiet and I have to listen, take a deep breath. And realize that th- these are other human beings now. They're not just little kids or people that I can just tell what to do. I have to what listen. a great example, Abiel. Yeah. When I was in high school, I boarded at a, a Jewish parochial school. And on the weekend, which was the Sabbath, instead of coming home, I would stay in the dormitory and I would go to friends' homes that lived in the area where the school was. Mm-hmm. And their parents would serve foods, Sabbath foods, that I, my mother would make and I would never eat. And I mean never. I, I would almost get up and walk away from the table if the food appeared on the table because it was so disgusting to me. And my friend Michael's mother would make these very foods and she would put them down. And I would take my fork and I would scoop it up and put it in my mouth. I'd swallow it and I would say this was wonderful. Okay. Because I was told you never insult somebody by refusing to eat what they give you. Mm-hmm. And, and I was a good boy that way. I was bad in other ways. But that and one day my mother made it and I she put it on the table and she said, when did you start eating it? I said, every week when I go to Mike Zygmunt's house. <laughs> <laughs> the matzo ball soup tastes better there <laughs> than it does. And, you, Mom. And, and I said, his mother made it every week and I ate it every week and it was pretty good. So now that you make it, make it some more. I'll eat it when you make it, too. OK, <laughs> but but it was. Your, your point is well taken, that if, if Sonia was at her boyfriend's house and his mother made something, she would eat it. Yeah. Okay, and she wouldn't bitch and moan about, oh, I don't like this, and you always make food I don't like, and why can't you do this, and why can't you do that? And, and you know, it's not only that she's 16, it's also that Natalie is, is Russian. Yeah. So she's, she's combative by, by ethnic identity. Yeah. Okay. She's ready to do battle in the slightest moment. And... Uh, not easy having two two teenagers at home right now and your mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How's your mother doing? She's doing good. She's, you know, the memory stuff is is definitely, you know, happening in terms of the, the early signs of dementia, memory loss, et cetera. And right. I, I find myself sometimes, you know, and my wife yesterday just corrected. She's like, take your time, you know, deep. Because she asked something that was – I forgot what it was, and I just, you know, kind of snip back at her. I'm like, Mom, it's, you know, et cetera. And Natalie's like, and I, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I just, because it's the simple things, right, that we'll tell her five times a day now or we'll, you know, ask her not to do, but then she just does. And um, 
And I just, it, it's a real, you know, yesterday's read of love and tolerance, right. know, not just of others, but I have to have it of myself and my family because like, like I just shared, sometimes I'll, I'll find myself, you know, short and snippy with people in my own house, but yet on the outside, I'm not. So I, 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 I it was a rough lesson with my father when he had, he had macular degeneration mm -hmm. and that created, he was blind. And what that did was create macular hallucinations and delusions, which are different than other kinds. And when he was in the hospital once, he would said to me, he was on the fourth floor and he had a, a window bed, which he didn't know. But all of a sudden he said to me, do you see the red Corvette that just went by? And I looked at him and I said, what are you out of your mind? I mean, I was really totally, totally intolerant. I said, there was no car. He said, yes, there was. And I'm in an argument with him. I said, Dad, there was no car. You know, come on now, get rational. And he said, you missed it. There was a car. And I had to learn that the next time he said, did you see the red Corvette? I said, no, I saw the blue one. And he said, there were two. I said, yeah. Okay. And I learned to join him in that conversation, and it created very wonderful memories yeah right, yeah so, yeah and, and it's part of it, it's funny because now and then analyzing it and we're talking about it now it was she asked yesterday evening did the kids start school monday and i'm like mom i told you like eight times it's now first of all it wasn't even supposed to be this monday it's supposed to be the 30th but they've extended it to april 15th and i'm just like april 15th mom and Natalie's like, hey, let's just chill out. She's just asking. And but yet I I now realize that I was probably venting or angry because, you know, nine hours earlier she made a call to her sister in Peru on the T Mobile line that, you know, I pay for, that Natalie and I pay for that she's not supposed to have international calling on. She's supposed to use WhatsApp, but apparently the WhatsApp failed and it dialed out, and I got a, a notice from T-Mobile that you just made, you know, someone on this line made $180 in call charges to T-Mobile. And instead of just going and talking to her about it and reminding her, because I told Natalie about it a couple hours later. She's like, did you talk to mom? And I'm like, you know, that's not going to do anything. I just called T-Mobile, and I told them why. Is... She's like, yeah, but just go and talk to your mom and let her know what happened. And but And I didn't. I just kept that inside all day long. I called T-Mobile. I let I laid into them on why they added international calling, and I just let that bottle up. So come six o'clock or seven, you know, when we're having dinner, she asked me a simple question. I blow up instead of. I want to make a suggestion to you that I did with my parents and found it very helpful. Uh huh. Um, I began to put up notices in their apartment regarding information that they asked questions about all the time. Okay. So if it was like, when is, when is my sister going to come and visit? And I would, they'd ask me that 14 times a day. I began to put up signs on their refrigerator. Sharon is coming to visit on April 15th. Yeah. Okay. Your doctor's appointment is on March 9th. Okay. The phone call is due at, you know, or the bill. I mean, it was just the kids go back to school April 15th. Just put up a poster board of some kind with notifications Put it in your mother's bedroom. Put it in a common place. Put it in the bathroom. Uh, I found with my parents, I couldn't put too much good information in too many places where they would see it. Got it. Okay, That's and, a good and that helped them. Yeah. That helped them not ask as many questions. Yeah. Didn't eliminate the questions, 
but it made it less frequent. So to the extent that you can do that or choose to do it, you might find it helpful. Okay. No, that's that's a great suggestion, and and again, it's for me. It was an example um, of, yes. of bottling things up, absolutely, not addressing it, not talking about it. You know, and because again, even though in my mind I'm like, what good is it going to do? She's not going to remember. She's not going to realize. But still, it's if if I don't share it, it's just going to build up and come out in some the other way. The blame at that point is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know, absolutely. but there's no blame. See, there's no blame because what I what I would like to share with you is. Sharing it with your mother is not going to help you because she's no longer capable of remembering what you're sharing. Yeah, but I so think all it's going to do is frustrate you. After you share it with her, she's still going to ask the same question again, and you're going to you're going to get upset. Yep. Sharing it with Natalie, sharing it with Alex, sharing it with me, sharing yep. it online in a meeting about the, the pain of an aging parent not being capable of doing what they could do when you were ten years younger. Mm-hmm. That's what's really going on. Yeah. It's not that your mother asks the same question. It's that it's not the mother you grew up with. She's shifting in her capacity. That's painful. That's powerlessness. You can't make her young again. You can't make her mind be healthier than it is. I had to come to terms with the fact that that was about my acceptance of the fact that my parents were no longer the parents that I remembered, they were now two people that that couldn't do what they used to be able to do. And that I had feelings about that. <clears throat> but sharing it with them <clears throat> didn't help me because they didn't comprehend what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. So your mother will listen to you, but it's not going to change anything she does, or it's going to even cause her to feel worse about herself than she already does. Yeah. So to the extent that, that you can find other ways of coming to terms, I mean, almost doing a fourth step on what does it mean to have an aging mother whose no, whose mind no longer works the way it did when I was 30. I, uh, it's, and I'm only, I'm not telling you, you know, I'm not taking your inventory. I'm only saying to you that I had to come to terms with what I was really feeling and it had nothing to do with my parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very painful to watch people you love age and not age well. Yeah. Tough stuff. So anybody out there that's 17 and you're 18 tomorrow, start dealing with your agent. Um, and if you work at Publix, wear a mask, damn it. That's where you go, <laughs> see? There you go. Or at least some gloves. Yeah. That's correct. So what are your plans for the rest of the day, Alex? Well, I am uh, thinking of uh, staying in locally here. I think I'm just going to stay home. Casa de Gannon. Yes. No, no, tournaments, no game tournaments here in this week. Oh, no, there's a game. Yeah, no, of course. That's why I'm staying in, you know? I understand that. You must have, you know, you, 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 are you in, in the you semifinals? Are, the you, finals, are, you are speaking finals? to a uh, quad war zone champion here. Uh, I think <laughs> I've won it? four, met possibly five. There you um, go. And I got my brother's friend, TJ, who just had a baby. Shout out to Newhawk15. Nice. Uh, he's, he might be When was the baby born? A couple of weeks ago. I haven't cool. seen him. He just dropped off the face of the earth. Before yeah. the baby was born, he's like, this is going to be great because I'm going to have more time since I'm staying at home to play. We haven't seen him at all. You know? <laughs> and we're all like, what are you talking about? And then um, right. might get Zach Flocka-Scott on the uh, game. Yeah. And uh, that's Zach. The and, uh, and is anybody out there? The is person anybody with out the there? Longest AKA <laughs> Birdman, aka 
North Carolina, he might be playing, and Abiel, and Abiel's son, the great one, a.k.a. Stinky. And so, my yeah. son, My son's former. So we all have these gamer <laughs> tags, right? So when I first started, it, it automatically Coral assigned Springs one. Coral Springs Abdul or whatever, you know, is what he <laughs> So <laughs> it assigned me Coral Springs. Uh, it was trying to spell out Coral Springs Adult. But it was so long that it dropped the T. It's like Coral Springs a duel. He sounds like he's Islamic, you know. <laughs> so I changed my my gamer tag. Well, I, uh, anyways, not to not to break my Activision anonymity, but my son, I'll break his. His was oh oh stinky. <laughs> so we would be like, we just would, you know, have so much fun with that. And he's actually really good um, as a twelve year old. His reflexes are, good. are incredibly amazing. So he's now, you know, his humble, his humble uh, new change of name is now the Great One. So, <laughs> so we call him the Great Stinky, or at least I do. <laughs> I still call him Stinky. Like, hey, Stinky, get over here. <laughs> but yeah, so gonna mess around with that. I was thinking of buying the new Doom game that came out, but after our conversation about not spending money frivolously, that might be hold put on, on to hold. the sixty bucks, right? Yeah. But yeah, my plans for the day are to go home, um, pressure wash the driveway. So that's one of those projects I have around the house that I've been holding off doing for months, and uh, come up with some good recipes to make. You know, make some homemade food, which we've been doing a lot lately. Um, you know, referee some arguments between my daughter and my and my wife. The Look best forward way to, to those. do that is just go into the <laughs> office and play Modern Warfare. No, man. it doesn't because I come on and it's like a full blown uh, you know MMC uh, mixed martial MMA. Art, MMA freaking fight. Or my son will come in. He's like, "You got to come out." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll be right back, guys." So um, yeah, that, that's what I've got planned. What are you doing, Mitch? What are you doing the rest of the day? Pretty much staying right where I am. Um, Staying in touch with people via phone, text, uh, watching TV, taking a nap, reading a great book. Somebody in NA bought me a book called The Rabbi. And uh, she said, she said, it's a book written in 1959, 1960 that she bought at the flea market. She said she saw it. She said, said, Mitch is a rabbi. This book is called Rabbi. He he will like it. Perfect match. Perfect match. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and as it turns out, I am enjoying it. It's a story of a person's life, uh, and it's written in different stages and different relationships, and it's a good book. So it's not the fact that he's a rabbi, he could be a priest too. Uh, but it's, uh, oh, now I just found out. Let's see. He's not a rabbi. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, a I priest. A text. Oh, I got a text from Walgreens that my refills are due, even though they were filled yesterday. They're still due again. So I'll get 783,000 pills. Nice. Uh, isn't that exciting? So I may go out to them today and do the drive through But, uh, you know, other than that, it's just a day to hang out with Alice and um, be grateful that, that I have people like you in my life and that we have this opportunity to get together on a Saturday and share our experience, strength, and hope. And um, I'm one grateful guy. You know, they, as, as Wayne always used to say, may he rest in peace, I'm a satisfied customer and I'll be back again tomorrow. Wouldn't he say so, something where he'd punch his ticket? What was the punch? Yeah, I got my correct. ticket punched I, to ride the sobriety bus. I got my ticket bus. punched today and I'm a satisfied customer and I'll be back tomorrow. On the sobriety bus. Okay. It's interesting to see how... And, and and I really I'm only thinking of it now as as we're chatting. Wayne always sat in that seat right in the corner next to the table, 
Then when he got sick and couldn't come to meetings, John O'Brien sat in that seat right next to the table. And then when John O'Brien wasn't there, I sat in that seat right next to the table. That it's almost as though that seat and the people who sat in it, I sat there because I was so influenced by their sobriety, their recovery, their attitude, that I felt like if I sat in that seat, it was going to rub off on me. And in some ways, flatteringly, people will come in, and if I walk into the room and they're sitting in that seat, they'll get up and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sit in your seat. And I always say, it's not my seat, it's just another seat in the room. But that's a very nice thing to say, but another part of me says, get the fuck out of the seat. Okay? <laughs> well, if you, that if, is my seat. Okay? When you put up a sign me. saying, Mitch's seat, do not sit here, people that's, read it. Well, <laughs> Glenn, I mean, they know Glenn not to sit that. there. Glenn did that. Glenn wrote on a chair. This yeah. is my chair. Don't sit in it. Okay. And if he came into a room and people were sitting in that seat, he was not happy. Okay. Or Bob did it with his seat. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. But it's, it's funny that we talk about that because, you know, Wayne always used to say that. I got my ticket punched today and I'm a happy customer and I'll be back tomorrow. So, that's on a, that note, it's a great I way wish to end it. A blessed day. I'm sure I'll speak to both of you before the day is over again with text back and forth. Uh, Alex, good luck in the championships. Abiel, good luck at home staying sane. And uh, tell your son I'm a big fan. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Mitch. I'll talk to you later. All right, guys. This is Abiel. This is Alex. Have a great day. This is Mitch. Bye now. Bye-bye.